0: Hi everybody, I'm Katie. And I'm Rhiannon. And welcome to Haunting Cases. doing today don't notice me trying to keep fucking hair out of my face hi how is it how's it going
1: (laughs) it's going it's going it's going uh last week was the week of i just don't have time for anything this week was the week of i don't have time for anything plus like all these things are going wrong at work uh well not things in my control i should say like things outside of my control so i've been trying not to stress about it but it's still just frustrating very frustrating and then i got home today and the cat i realized the cat had gone and peed on the bath mat i just bought and then like dug his claws into it and like started shredding it so that was kind of where i like started to lose my shit (laughs) and was just like oh no (laughs) so that that's how it's going (laughs) that gives you an idea She's just
0: hitting the fan, and you're just sitting there watching it like, oh, God. You know, (laughs) those types of days, like, I've been living that as well since, like, maybe Tuesday evening, a little bit into Wednesday. Um, Aside from Salem, my computer decided, like, my nice computer, my gaming PC that I film everything on, decided that she was just going to fucking nope the hell out of here like she did the no. spongebob being of like i am gonna head out i'm like the fuck is going on Ugh. and come to find out we won't name names but the company that does the updates for my computer like the main like operating system apparently when they do updates hastily they can really fuck up your pc so i figured that out and i mean they're Hasn't met any new alerts as of now on her. So I'm like, okay, we're good. Um, Did blame Salem a little bit because I was like this little motherfucker. And the the fucking blink of an eye can cut through a cable. (gasps) Can just chop through one with her teeth. And mind you, she did get in a bit of trouble because first off, the surge protector wasn't working for some reason and i did not understand what the fuck was going on shit i'm like what the hell is happening and i look at this cable and it's the only one that hangs under my desk the only one and it's just flayed open i'm like
1: little shit i'm like i'm not gonna get mad
0: at her right now because obviously this happened a little bit ago and she's not gonna remember i'm like okay Fucking take that apart. We'll grab another one. It's fine. I grab the second one. I plug it into the wall. I start gaming and my computer does this shut off power backup thing. And it like stays in that limbo for a little bit. So I'm like, okay, it's not getting enough power. So I go to check this surge protector, which is also the only wire under my desk. And in the two seconds that she was in this room and like went under the desk, she did it to another one.
1: Oh, no. I've
0: I've never been so angry at my cat. I probably have, but I usually forget because she's cute. <laughs> I unhooked that one. I find the last one available in the house. It's the only one that's still alive right now. But I locked her out of the room, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my PC. Like, I... Took her apart. I reset the graphics chip because I thought maybe it had, like, come loose or something because that was an original problem that we had with it. And nope, she's fine. She's in place. We're good. I'm like, I put the glass back on her. I dust her out. I vacuum her off because, my God, she was catching my cat's fur like a lint trap. I was like, okay, well, maybe she's just overheating. Nope, that's not the answer. So I text my brother. I'm like, I don't know what happened. To it, she's like, go look at the event log. I'm like, oh, I forgot that that's a thing. He's like, what what was the last code that fired? I'm like, so I sent him like six codes because all I have is like warnings, errors, criticals. I'm like, shit, what is happening? He's like, oh, it was a bad update on such and such part. I'm like, oh, my God. So I had to redo some of my computer. And if it continues to do this, however, knock on wood. I am sitting at a wood desk. So (laughs) knock on wood. This is the last we will see of, like, problems for a little bit with her. If not, I'm going to have to reformat her when I get back. But, like I said, knock on wood, hasn't had an issue since I did that. But I am down two surge protectors. I'm on my last one. I'm going to have to order more off of fucking Amazon. (laughs) And My cat has now lost, like, privilege to this room. And I'm, like not giving her full focused attention or there's not somebody else in here to like move her away from stuff. So like if my mom's in here like recording video games with me or something like that's fine. She could sit here. She could chill out all she wants, but if it's just me and I am dead set focused on recording a game or something, I'm like, nope, you got to go. <laughs> Which, by the way, if you do not follow me on the gaming channels and you do enjoy gaming, it's Kia Rex on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Trobo, I believe. But I don't stream as much anymore.
1: Yep, definitely go check out Kia Rex. Uh, and I just wanted to say <laughs> that I I hope that uh, poor little Salem the Kitty didn't get electrocuted. <laughs>
0: I I honestly could not tell you if she did or not. I'm betting that because out of all the stupid ass shit this cat has done, I'm pretty sure she has spent like six of her nine lives. Like, she's got three (laughs) left. And we had a good talk about that, like, when I got everything figured out in here. And after I, like, had a moment to cool down because I just separated myself from her because I'm like... I am too mad at you right now to even look at you. I just need to take a moment. Like it's that moment of like walk away, don't shake the baby. That's what I felt. (laughs) It's a really dark joke, but I get it now. (laughs) But I came out of the room and she was sitting in the bathroom and she gave me her little I'm like, All right. We're going to have a chat. And she's like looking at me like, mom, I love you. I'm like, I love you too. We're going to have a chat. So I sat her in the sink and we just had a little chat. I'm like, you have spent six of your nine lives, kid. Okay. I don't even get nine lives. I get one chance. It's YOLO and I'm done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, just looking at me. I'm like, are we going to chew on wires anymore? We shouldn't chew on wires anymore. Because one of these times you're gonna turn into National Lampoons Christmas Vacation cat, okay? Oh. And you're already you're already a black cat, so I don't know how you're gonna fry up, okay? I'm just gonna smell it and I'm gonna be like she evaporated, okay? You're already a roasty-toasty, like burnt loafy cat.
1: Like there's nowhere <laughs> else you can go. Oh no. Yeah, i just check her mouth for birds. I'm guessing if she's gone after it multiple times, she probably didn't get hurt or or just maybe got zapped a little but didn't hurt her because if it hurt her, I don't yeah. think she would have gone back for more. But
0: no, no. She's, she's definitely being a little fine. stinker. Yeah, she's just being a little stink. I told my mom, like, you need to block off... All of your wires. You need to make sure that everything is up off the floor. Or she will pee on it. And then, like earlier today, <laughs> I totally forgot that her new favorite thing to do is that she will take off running with Q-tips, my fingernail files, and even my fucking fingernail clippers. So I'm like, hide them, hide your children, hide your wives, okay? Like she's gonna take everything of yours. Oh,
1: but yeah, I'm like,
0: make sure that everything is picked up off the ground. She does not like things on the ground. If it smells just a little weird, I would suggest moving it out of her general vicinity. Close off the <laughs> the back rooms, your bedroom, because oh my god, I can't. She's literally peed on my mom's boots before. I'm like, just keep her out of your bedroom. Keep her out of both <laughs> bedrooms. I'm like, that was the nightmare fuel that was like ensued. Of Salem is now no longer sweet, kind, little friendly kitty that could do no wrong, and she is now. I'm going to make your life a living hell. Pissed on my mom's boots. (laughs) In the middle of the night, I opened the fucking, like, closet door, and all I got was (gasps) urine. I'm like, (gasps) what is that? (laughs) (laughs) That was back when she was like one, though. Granted, she has peed on my shoes since then. But damn yeah. No, I don't even keep my shoes in the house. They're in the garage. I'm like little right when I get stinker. home. My little redneck garage that has carpet in it, my fucking shoes come right off. And she's not allowed in the garage, so <laughs> <laughs> she can't pee on my shoes now.
1: <laughs> well, I hope that uh <laughs> you get the wires concealed and put up barriers against the cat so we don't hear any stories about a, a even more roasty-toasty Salem.
0: <laughs> I hope there's no roasty-toasty Salem.
1: And no more peed-on boots either,
0: hopefully.
1: <laughs> no more peed-on boots. Although I will
0: say the funniest thing that's happened with her this week is, have you seen the TikToks where it's, like, pings in real life? Like, lag in real life where the kid's, like, jumping on the trampoline and then he'll, like, go up for a perfect ping and then, like, if it's a low ping, he'll, like, fall around a little bit and then get up onto the sledge. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yep. Okay.
0: That happened today. (laughs) I don't know whether or not to feel scared or not. She went to jump into the, like, upward, like, window in the bathroom that's, like, right above the shower. And my cat's not graceful. She's my cat. So, therefore, we take our natural (laughs) pathways through the house and we fall (laughs) everywhere we go. And I watched her go to hop, and she landed face first in the wall, and she literally looked like one of those, like, witches, like the Halloween decorations that they, like, faceplate them on a tree. (laughs) That's what she looked like for a hot minute, and then she, like, did this weird, like, little, and then was up in the window. I'm like, did you just lag out? What the hell just happened?
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Ne- next time, I want to see a video of this. I need video Dude,
0: <laughs> I was just taking a fucking shit, I'm like, god damn, what the hell was that? Like, I was like, I was watching her, I'm like, maybe I should record this, because I bet this is going to be kind of funny. I wish I did. I wish I did, but yeah, no, I wasn't expecting her to, like, faceplant, like, do a rollover and somehow miraculously end up in the window, and then she looked at me and, like, wicked her paw, like, I'm good. I'm like, what the hell <laughs> what just happened i'm like i'm in complete awe and stunned stupid because i'm like did i just see a glitch in the matrix was i supposed to see that are the men in black coming <laughs> flashlights at them they'll forget
1: <laughs> all right well we should probably wrap it up there because we got a lot to discuss today but let us know, listeners, if you believe that Katie has witnessed a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> okay, have. going to be like,
0: FBI, open up!
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: While we understand that some individuals listen for the entertainment aspect of true crime, it's important to remember that these are real people with families and friends who may still be suffering from their loss. These stories are not meant to open old wounds or cause further emotional damage to those involved. We remind you to please be respectful. Do not dox or contact those
1: involved with cases. While paranormal occurrences and urban legends may be sources of tourism, please be considerate if you visit one of these locations. Do not engage in trespassing and be sure to ask for permission if you plan on recording. Be aware of your surroundings and travel safely. The cases discussed in this podcast may be disturbing to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. all right so i'm gonna get right to it because we have a lot to talk about today uh as you probably know listeners we are covering part two of like lanier today um I'll do a brief recap right at the beginning here just to give you a quick reminder of a little bit of what we covered last time. However, if you have not listened to the last episode, please go check it out. I will be referring back to some of the information Katie covered last time, and so it's really important you go listen to that first one, and it will also give you a lot of background and the history leading up to some of what we'll be talking about today. And of course... All the awesome true crime stuff with Katie. Can't miss out on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Very true. We love the true crime stuff with Katie.
1: (laughs) All right. So Lake Lanier is set in the Blue Ridge Mountains and is Georgia's largest lake visited by about 12 million people annually. It's got 40 parks and campgrounds, 10 marinas, and multiple islands within the whole area of the lake and that also includes more than 690 miles of shoreline so it sounds like quite a fun place to to go i guess if you don't know all the the history and things going on there it sounds pretty fun
0: just Uh, stabbed myself with my desk drawer but yeah yeah that sounds like a good time It's fine. It's just going to leave a bruise later.
1: Uh, I thought you were making that that face because you're like, I don't think it's fun. There's some creepy shit there, but now you just stabbed yourself. It's okay.
0: No, I just stabbed myself. It's fine. (laughs) Although, I don't think it's fun Uh. either.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. And... There are conflicting sources that I was finding when I was trying to figure out how deep the lake is. I found both reports of 100 feet being the deepest and then a, a couple others that referred to a 258 foot mark. So I'm not sure exactly how deep it goes, but it's pretty deep. So keep that in mind as we go get discussing some of the... Oh my gosh, can't speak today. Keep that in mind as we <laughs> discuss some of these things later. <laughs> Oh, my. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) All right. Now, uh, I believe Katie. uh, Well, yes, Katie did cover this in the last episode. But remember, this is not a natural lake. This is a man-made reservoir. And it was established around the time of 1956 after the construction of the Buford Dam, which turned out to be a $1 billion project. So very costly. It was built with the goals of flood control, hydroelectric power, and water supply for nearby Atlanta. However, it's really important to keep in mind the site was not originally intended for recreational purposes. This reservoir ended up flooding about 39,000 acres of land that was previously owned by mostly black community, including agricultural fields, homes, churches, businesses, and 20 cemeteries, including over 1,000 bodies. Six wooden churches and 15 businesses were deconstructed, moved, and reconstructed elsewhere. And while about 700... Again, the number here varies, but what I was seeing most commonly was 700 families chose to sell their land at about 30 to $50 per acre. Many later regretted it when they realized they couldn't live off of the money that they were paid out and the loss of generational wealth that they experienced. So if you think of, like, even today... Owning a house, that's what I would mean when I say generational wealth. That's something you can pass on to your children or to a spouse, you know, pass on to a family member. So each with each generation, you already have kind of this wealth built in already. You're not starting from rock bottom, basically. And so by selling off land, you are losing that future wealth for future generations. <laughs> that all makes that sense. Right? Okay, That okay. makes sense. <laughs> and again, go back Listen to Katie's episode uh, just briefly. Some people would call these towns that this reservoir flooded where these people were forced out drowned towns because often these were areas where historically black people were either not compensated at all, or they were compensated less than the white land owners for the land that they ended up selling to build this reservoir. However, in the case of Oscarville, which Katie covered, it wasn't necessarily a case of selling off the land as so much as being run out. So there's definitely a lot of violence that black folks faced in the area at that time. And one last reminder from last episode, the reservoir was named after Sidney Lanier, a poet, musician, and Confederate private. So, not, not thought through in a very sensitive way when deciding what to name this reservoir. Exactly.
0: Oh, God. Do you have booze already? I do got booze already. Shit. <laughs> Should I be boozing too right now? Oh,
1: my God. We're gonna be talking about a lot of death, <laughs> so I mean, I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about that? You think you need some boots for that? <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I deal with death pretty regularly. <laughs> that's it's usually true. you that doesn't. Yeah, that's, I didn't think I needed to to give you a warning on this one. I was like, oh, this doesn't seem like a thin kid can <laughs> No, we'll be
0: okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm amazed that you already like you had a glass. I'm like, ooh, what was that? I'm like, that was <laughs> not water. That was not water. Nope,
1: nope. Got myself a nice glass of wine. <laughs> cool. We're <for> recording. <laughs> Alright. So now let's get into the strange occurrences that have been happening at Lake Lanier. We've kind of set up the the backdrop here, uh, with some of the history, some of the violence that has happened and just what some of what's happened leading up to this point so now more than 600 people have lost their lives in the lake since the 1950s of which 200 of those are since 1994. so that makes this lake considered to be one of the deadliest in the united states and this is for multiple reasons to start off there is some unusual drownings occurring at this lake they are often close to shore in calm water and often good swimmers that are being dragged under the water is how it is described so and, and when i say that that it is described as being dragged under the water i mean that some of these people who have survived these drownings have claimed that it actually felt like hands were gripping them and dragging them under when they were drowned Yeah, um, no, no touchy, the llama, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not about that. (laughs) Oh, no, oh, no, no, I I love swimming, like, like, well, I think both Katie and I love swimming, but that was one thing growing up, like, I would even go swimming in lakes, like, I love being out on the lake, but I have to admit that as a kid, the lake did kind of creep me out, because you, like, have, at least the lake I swam in you couldn't see what was below you and that bothered me a little bit
0: (laughs) no i completely get you there was one scenario like when i was in high school i went to a friend's uh graduation and her family actually lived on a lake and it was like four houses in this lake and we were allowed to go swimming in the lake and i remember that one individual literally i swear to god he walked on water because a piece of seaweed touched his foot (laughs) And I became the first thing in sight that he was like, I can stand on that. And let me tell you, little 120, 120 pound me versus all 230 some odd pounds him, he could not stand on that. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good situation. No, it was a really, really bad situation. It also didn't help that it was dark out too. So I don't think anyone oh, saw what was really oh. going on. Yeah,
1: that makes it even worse.
0: <laughs> like I'm gonna drown.
1: Oh no. Oh, so don't lesson learned. Don't go swimming in the dark when you can't see what's grabbing your feet. Exactly. Exactly. And especially don't go swimming in Lake Lanier. Hell to the no. (laughs) We'll we'll go a little bit deeper into that. Oh, will we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, So, specifically, one search and rescue diver discussed how the water actually feels thicker than normal, like Lanier. And one woman they saved even said she was embarrassed because she was a lifeguard, but she couldn't swim when she got in the water because she described it as feeling as thick as molasses. So, I mean, there's something going on here. And (laughs) just something else to give you a think about. Some world-class divers refuse to dive in, like, Lanier. So that right there should tell you something's wrong. (laughs) That's a red flag, okay? Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, this whole lake is a red flag.
1: (laughs) The (laughs) entire lake (laughs) has a big red flag all over
0: it. (laughs) All over it. Like, if I could lay a red blanket over top of it, I freaking would. I'd be like, do not swim here. would be printed in... (laughs) like 70 point font all the way across that blanket. Just being like, you don't want to go in
1: here. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So I did want to tell one story before we move on to some of the other unusual things going on about uh, one person who felt had experienced drowning in this lake. And that is Rachel Sanders, who is a triathlon athlete that was featured on the show expedition X. Go check out my sources. (laughs) She lives on the lake and had trained on the lake for years in all sorts of conditions until one day when she could hear screaming while she was swimming. Ugh. Yeah, at that point, I was already like, I don't like it. I don't like it. No, 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 no. Uh, no. <laughs> so she, she's swimming through the lake. She's training for a triathlon. She's hearing screaming all around her. She's starting to get a little worried, but you know, she's in the middle of the lake. Where's she going to go? So she's... <laughs> She's swimming along, suddenly out of nowhere, a force pulls her underwater, and she blacks out. Then she wakes up on the shore of an island. Now when she wakes up, she starts wandering around the island, trying to figure out where she is. And she looks back, and she sees a woman in the water, wearing a blue dress, watching her. And at this point, Rachel Sanders is so freaked out. That she climbs to the highest point of the island to try to flag down a boat to take her back to the mainland she is so uncomfortable she's refusing to swim back to mainland and also i can't really blame her <laughs> now remember the woman in the blue dress because we're going to be coming right back to her in just a little bit now besides unusual drowning some other things that are going on that <laughs> for good reason have people freaked out Uh, Many people believe that a lot of the boating accidents that happen on the lake seem to be unexplainable and there's also multiple accounts of cars driving into the lake, which often, like I said, many people would declare as unexplainable. I'm I'm gonna put a little asterisk here (laughs) because as with many things in the paranormal world, you know, some people may say they're unexplainable and then some other people may find some reasons behind it and we'll cover some of those reasons later for what might be going on here. But it's definitely something that is freaking people out. On top of all that, we got bodies in the water, which Katie already brought up in the last episode. They did. Now, there's no official records kept by the Georgia Department of Natural Resources or the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. uh, The latter being who actually uh, runs this land and this recreational site. But estimates by officials that are pretty familiar with the lake state there's likely somewhere between two and three dozen bodies that have not been able to be recovered. And multiple sources have stated this number. 27 bodies are probably the number we're looking at, at least, of what's still in the lake and has not been recovered.
0: Yeah, I remember reading through some of that. I'm like, I feel like 27 is a very low number for the size. And that it's being generous as well, because I feel like there's more that they simply don't know about. And I think we even had that discussion when it came to Everest and the bodies there of like, you don't know how many are actually up there because some of those records are either kept secret or some of those people don't tell you where they're going and suddenly they're just gone.
1: For sure. That's definitely a huge issue here is, like I said, there's not records being kept of these cases where people go missing and are, are not found or we we ha- are pretty certain that their death occurred in the lake, but their, their remains were not found. That's happened on obviously multiple occasions, but there's not good records being kept of that. So who knows how many have happened? And like you said as well, those are just the ones we know about where people actually went out and searched for them. There may be some cases where, especially if you have a single person that wasn't in a group with other people that could have witnessed this happening, that it's very possible there could have been an incident, somebody drowned, or something happened, or even people going out there, I I hate to say it, but going out there to commit suicide potentially, and and not telling anybody where they went. So we definitely have uh, multiple cases here where it's quite possible there's even more people that have unfortunately lost their lives in the lake, and officials don't even know about it. So I agree. <laughs> There's probably more than 27, but for the time being, that's the, the number. It seems like a lot of people have said a lot, until so we'll cope with it. <laughs> okay. Now, this is a, a quote that I'd like to share with you that just, <laughs> I guess it'll set the mood before we get into the paranormal stuff here. <laughs> This is from Buck Buchanan, a search and rescue diver for the area. And he told WGCL TV in October of 2017, quote, nobody has been able to lay them to rest. They're on the bottom of Lanier. Hopefully you find them before they find you.
0: End quote. As I was saying, I I don't like that.
1: No, no, I don't like that either. (laughs) Not
0: at Mm. all. just...
1: No, no, thank you. No,
0: that's okay. (laughs) You're not wrong, though. That definitely sets the mood.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's why I was like, ooh, I'm going to put this right
0: here. (laughs) (laughs) How many times I've done
1: that, I'm like, ooh, yeah. Right there. Sounds good. Now, as you can imagine, based on all this information we've covered thus far, many people believe the lake is cursed. So let's get into some of the paranormal things going on as to why uh even people are freaking out and why some people may believe it to be cursed so to start off we have creepy sounds coming from under the water i couldn't find exact descriptions of what people mean by creepy so who knows exactly what sounds that are but i guess imagine creepy sounds in your head (laughs) other sounds people are also hearing is i did find specific reports of people reporting hearing a church bell under the water and so some people were believing it has to be one of these churches that were flooded over however none of these churches should have remained intact because those would have likely been wooden structures which were removed when everything was flooded as a safety hazard since they didn't want wood floating up to the surface and and becoming obstacles for for boats and anybody in the water. So based on that, (laughs) there there should be no church bell underwater making noise, but people are hearing one. I'm sorry, we took the wood structures out of the way, but we left the fucking trees? Yeah, I think the idea is... (laughs) They said they specifically removed the wooden structures because they'd float, whereas the trees don't float, they just stay there. That doesn't mean the trees aren't a problem. They just don't float. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, they're just, like, spiderweb hell from fucking Harry Potter. Oh
1: my Ooh. god, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Last episode, I accidentally got got ahead of you and brought that (laughs) up. I didn't realize you were going to say that or else I totally would not have brought it up. But yeah, oh my gosh. When I read that, I was just like, no. So many no's. Just, (laughs) oh no.
0: Yeah, so the the trees are
1: definitely a huge safety hazard, as we spoke on last episode, with the fishing line that gets all caught up in there, that you can get entangled in that and not be able to get out. And then also, I mean, if the, the water recedes enough, which has been happening as many parts in the u.s have been experiencing drought for years you see have this issue then where the trees may either become exposed or at least close to the surface where they're close enough that boats can actually run into them and thus cause more of these crashes and accidents so the trees are definitely a problem they weren't expected to be a problem but they're a problem
0: I just remember reading that they had to be, like, 35 feet below the surface Mm -hmm. for the trees to be able to be there. I'm like, a drought that drops you 35 feet. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. (laughs) I won't get off on on my tangent here, being the environmental science person. But, I mean, even if you look at the Colorado River, I mean, you're in Lake Havasu, so I'm sure you hear all about it. But, yeah there's tons of areas that are experiencing really bad drought and water levels are really dropping. And a lot of these lakes, um, like I said, I won't go off too far, but there's multiple reports of other lakes that are exposing all sorts of weird things. So drought's definitely a problem when it comes to these lakes with weird things under them.
0: I also just went to look up pictures of Lake Lanier's underwater forest because I'm like, I wonder what it looks like. And I got like seven YouTube videos. So I know what I'm doing
1: later tonight. <laughs> cool cool if you find any good ones you can share them out on our social media pages i will be like guys you gotta go look at this one next (laughs) all right well that's that's a really good quick plug there be sure to follow our social media pages on facebook and twitter and instagram if you haven't already
0: (laughs) I've done literally nothing with Instagram. I do not know what to do with it. If you have suggestions for what we should do with Instagram, let us know, listeners. I'll figure it out eventually. But for right now, I'm like, I don't know what to do with this one. (laughs) I might put my mom in charge of that. She does Instagram. I
1: don't. (laughs) All right. So back to the spooky stuff. Now we're going to get into probably the most renowned uh, paranormal Activity that's on Lake Lanier, and that is the Lady of the Lake. So the story goes that a woman in a flowing blue dress wanders the bridge of, I should specify, Lanier Bridge on Dawsonville Highway with no hands. And one variation of this legend actually says that she will reach out with her arms to drag swimmers into the lake. So you can imagine this is a quite frightening spirit to witness so we do have an origin story for this spirit where we can try to track the history that led to this haunting and that's going to take us back to april of 1958 when two women dahlia may parker young and susie roberts were driving to a roadhouse the three gables in dawsonville these young ladies <laughs> got gas but didn't pay for it and raced off now when they were driving over the lanier bridge trying to get away from the gas station susie lost control of her 1954 ford sedan and ran it right off the right side of the bridge now some people do believe that this wasn't susie roberts fault and that rather an invisible force gripped the car and forced it off the bridge however the only evidence that remained at the time were marks leading off the bridge. Now, divers did search the waters at that time, but poor visibility and underwater obstacles led to nothing being found. Now, a year later, well, most sources say a year. I did find one that said 18 months, I suppose somewhere between 12 and 18 months after the incident, remains were found by a fisherman floating on the surface of the lake. At that time, it was believed that this was Delia May Parker Young However, they were severely decomposed and missing both hands and two toes on the left foot. They could not definitively identify the cause of death or the identity of the victim, so I'm not sure exactly why they believed it was Miss Parker Young at the time, uh, but I found multiple sources that state they believed at that time that's who it was. And uh, if you were paying attention there, uh, this these remains were missing both hands, so they directly connect this particular... Um, body with the spirit that haunts the, the bridge.
0: Did the spirit, like, go away once they found the remains, or is she still about?
1: She is still about, and we'll actually talk oh. a, a little bit more about what's been <laughs> going on with her. But yeah, they they found the remains. They did bury the remains in an unmarked grave, which could be part of why she stuck around. Uh, but no, she, she still kept haunting the bridge even after they found the remains and they buried her. So it's not until about 30 years later, November, 1990, that construction crews were actually dredging part of the lake to install these new pillars for the bridge. That's when they found finally Susie Roberts. She was still in the 1950s Ford sedan with a 1958 license plate on it. And the remains were in the car, still strapped in. The car was actually stuck under 90 feet of water In the tree trunks. So this is probably another one of those um, examples of how the tree trunks are problematic.
0: Oh, God. That would be absolutely horrifying. No, that's absolutely bone-chillingly terrifying.
1: Definitely. So we can only imagine what their last moments were like. Yeah. Now, the, the one good thing about this i suppose is it did finally bring closure to robert's two sons and they were able to definitively identify these remains as robert's using both dental records and personal belongings found on the skeleton and in the car based on this information it was presumed at that point that the previous remains discovered had to be parker young and so at that point they did go ahead and mark the unmarked grave as parker young's grave at that point okay Now one quick note, besides the the hands bit that I already mentioned, Parker Young was known to have been wearing a blue dress, which in some accounts was borrowed from Roberts, on the night when this happened, and thus she is suspected to be the Lady of the Lake. It's been proposed she may be haunting the area for a few different reasons. One like I said earlier, she was buried in an unmarked grave for multiple years. Another being that her friend was still lost in the lake for all those decades until she was finally discovered and buried alongside her. And others believe that she haunts the area because she is still looking for her missing hands. Now, I'm not sure that completely explain. well, I don't know, I guess maybe she doesn't know where her hands are, but I was gonna say I don't know, but that would completely explain- all the places that she haunts. Apparently, she has been sighted at the cemetery where Parker Young and Roberts are buried, accompanied by the sound of screams. And she's also been sighted at other locations on the lake besides just the Lanier Bridge where they ran off the side of the bridge.
0: Yeah, I wonder if, like, for example, you said that that I think it was a triathlon individual, like, kind of like either blacked out or something happened, and she woke up on the island. I wonder if the Lady of the Lake isn't necessarily, like, a bad omen, per se. I wonder if she's trying to help people from, like, going through what her and her family might have gone through, or her and her friend. And it's more of that, like, gracious ghost of, like, oh, I'm going to help you, I'm going to save you.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something I actually didn't consider. And the fact that the... uh the triathlon athlete ended up surviving. And I mean, she was drowning, but then she woke up on shore. That's totally possible that perhaps that was uh, the lady's intentions. It was not to drown her, but to actually save her and, and bring her to shore if she had blacked out for another reason, which I will discuss later What why else she may have blacked out. Um, but yeah, the fact that people are scared of her, which I mean, ghost without hands, I can see how that would be scary. But yeah, yeah she's, she's not necessarily too. bad, though. Like, there hasn't been any incidents that I've heard of of her actually trying to harm anybody or seeming to intend anything negatively. So I think it's more a perception of her that has made her appear more negative.
0: Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, any ghost walking at you with missing body parts is definitely going to be, like, one of those ones that you're like, the fuck is that... <laughs>
1: Yeah, definitely, for sure. I can relate to that for sure. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, real quick the Expedition X show featured Jessica Chobot, a paranormal investigator who did try to investigate the Lady of the Lake and communicate with Parker Young by conducting an EVP session in the graveyard where they're buried. Now, when she asked for a sign, There was some wind chimes that moved nearby in the forest. At the time, there was no wind, but the biologist on staff did mention an animal could have moved them, which was my first thought, having worked in the outdoors a lot, that you hear weird noises. And sometimes, you know, it's just like a pine cone falling out of a tree or something. But sometimes it's a deer or something running by. So that was my first thought. It's like, you know, maybe there's a deer standing off in the woods, and she startled it and just happened to run through the wind chimes. But that's just me being a skeptic over here, so... You, you all can think about it and decide for yourself what you think happened there. But some other things that were really interesting that happened during the investigation was they had a trigger object, which I don't know if I've brought up trigger objects before on the podcast, so really quick I'll define what that means. It's usually an object that is connected with whatever paranormal entity they're investigating, it may be a historical object or like a murder weapon, or perhaps something that that person would have interacted with in their life. So in this case, the trigger object was a blue dress. She, she was known to have passed away in a blue dress and has been seen wearing a blue dress. And they did catch on camera, it's right sleeve move with no apparent cause. I did wonder if that could be rodents. Cause I mean, they had it laying out on the forest floor. And there's definitely lots of creepy crawlies on the forest floor, so that was my first thought.
0: <laughs> but... <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here, I'm like, yes, the mouse has joined us in our fucking seance circle, Ree, and it's taking the <laughs> dress with it. <laughs>
1: All right. I don't think it's rodents, Ring. <laughs> Yeah, the more I like looked at it, the more I was like, I don't know. If it was a mouse, I feel like you'd see something like scurrying under the rest of the dress or like moving the leaves or something. I didn't really see that. So definitely, again, go check out my sources. Watch it for yourself. Let us know what you think. <laughs> but I'll go over the the rest of that investigation really quick before we move along. So she ends up uh, is inspecting the dress because she was informed that they caught on camera, it moved, and while she's doing that, they hear a scream. Now again, skeptical re-over here, first thing that I thought was like, that sounds a lot like a mountain lion scream, and I don't know, listeners, if you've ever heard a mountain lion scream before, but it was freaking bone chilling. (laughs) The first time I ever heard it was when I was in California in a house in the middle of the woods by myself, and I heard a freaking mountain lion scream and thought, oh my god, is this the day that the, like, murderer from the horror movie comes and kills me?
0: You're like Jason's in the woods. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: like go so YouTube. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. He's got. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, definitely go look up outline screams. They are freaking scary, and they can sound a lot like human screams, which is why I think a lot of people get freaked out mm-hmm. by them. They have some more some screams that are a little bit more cat like, but a lot of them sound like very human, and I think that's why a lot of people are scared of that noise as it almost sounds like somebody's shrieking Mm -hmm. now i did look it up because i was just curious there aren't any mountain lions in georgia so i don't think it was a mountain lion at least according to the georgia department of natural resources but they do say that there is a number of other animals living in georgia that make similar screaming sounds to that kind of screaming sound a mountain lion makes so I didn't dig too deeply down that uh, rabbit hole of what other animals could make a sound like that. But I did just want to throw that out there. Keep in mind, if you're ever in the woods and you hear a screaming sound, could be paranormal, could be a weird animal making a screaming sound. Either way, I probably wouldn't go towards it. <laughs> no, nope,
0: that's that's where my roots come in. And it's the way walk away. You saw something. <laughs> no, you did not You exactly. heard something. No, you didn't.
1: <laughs> yep. Follow Katie's advice for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can
1: you hear my child? Oh my gosh, yelling yes, I can, <laughs> I can hear the fur child. For a second there, I was like, Do you have the TV on or something? And then I was like, Oh no, that's just a fur baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. Salem Sorry. is not happy that she has been forbidden <laughs> from the podcast recording room. She isn't, she's not happy at all. <laughs> So to wrap up that little um, investigation they did, so they did follow the screaming noise and it led them to the shore where they spent two hours but did not catch any sort of evidence with either the EVP or with a thermal camera. However, I did want to briefly mention before moving on to the next spirit that they did a, a really cool underwater investigation of one of the flooded graveyards. And while they were there, they had all this fancy equipment hooked up to the the biologist under the water, and they actually caught an underwater EVP, which kind of blew my mind. (laughs) I'm sorry, what? Did we get to hear that? (laughs) I wish I could play it for us, but since this was like a big name TV show, I didn't want to like have to deal with copyright issues. So I just said- definitely go check out my sources it was a really cool show and i i'm only picking some of the little parts out of the show They're, they covered more than what i'm saying here so go check it out for sure but i will tell you what they heard so the biologist asked quote are you upset with the creation of the lake end quote and the response at least what it sounded like to me is it sounds almost as if you have multiple people talking over each other now, they're speaking too softly to make out specific words, but it definitely sounds like multiple voices, both men and women.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That just leads me to believe that more so of what I said last time, that I was skeptical about them moving the bodies. Those bodies didn't get moved.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go into that a little bit more later with uh, potential causes of the paranormal but I, I would agree i don't think all the bodies got moved <laughs> now our next spirit we're gonna cover is uh this is probably of all them the one that freaked me out most <laughs> just uh, but uh doesn't seem like as many people have witnessed this one however there have been multiple accounts of this spirit and that would be a shadow person which you already know how i feel about shadow people <laughs>
0: They're the spiders of the paranormal world. I will say this over and over again. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Not so much bad or anything. They're just, they're creepy and we, you don't want to really be around them. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Exactly.
1: (laughs) Especially this one. So this one's a shadow person that is on a raft using a pole to move the raft around the water. And it also has a lantern to light its way. Uh, Now, each time that people have reported seeing this spirit, they did state that it appeared and disappeared suddenly, which, to be fair, I I would say most spirits do that. (laughs) Um, But I will go over one story that I found in multiple sources. This seems to be the most common story told about this spirit as far as witnesses goes. Uh, So I'm not completely sure if this is like an urban legend situation or if there really were two fishermen that had this experience. But we'll go ahead and discuss it real quick. So two fishermen were out at about one in the morning on a cold fall night and if you're wondering what fishermen would be doing out at one in the morning I can tell you that uh myself included night fishing is really awesome especially for catfish and some other kinds of fish that you're more likely to catch at night or you know if it's especially in the summer when it's just really hot maybe you just want to be out there when the the weather's nicer (laughs) so they do have a good reason for being out there I promise they or I can't promise I'm hoping they're not up to shady stuff but in any case (laughs) So, these two fishermen, they see this shadow man using this pole to navigate the lake on his raft, and this was really confusing because they knew the lake really well. I mean, they knew the rough depths of different areas, so they knew what kind of fish would be there, and the area where this raft was that area was about 45 feet deep. So this man would have had to have a pole that's probably like 50 feet deep at least to be able to navigate this area with a raft. So I'd be confused too if that was me. I don't know. The whole
0: vibe he's given off is like, uh, Charon, I think is how it's pronounced, from like Greek mythology. Oh, which yeah. Which is the ferryman on the River of Styx to mm-hmm. and from the underworld.
1: Yeah, he is kind of giving off that vibe.
0: Huh. Yeah, I'm like, he's giving off that vibe, like, high vibe. (laughs) Like, I can already, like, somewhat see a mental image of this man in the back of my mind. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd be more excited to see that or more horrified (laughs) to see that. I'd be like, oh, crap. I'm still here, right? Do I have money? Do I have (laughs) coins? Right? Seriously. (laughs) Seriously.
1: Well, then this would probably be the point where you start freaking out a little bit because uh, suddenly the man on the raft stood up and shouted at the fishermen before diving into what at that time would have been freezing cold water and swimming towards them. Uh. uh yeah, that's what I thought too. I was just like,
0: no. No, it's not okay. <laughs> Excuse me, no. <laughs> I've got cookies. Do you want cookies, sir? <laughs> I'm just gonna hope that my, like, comedic, funny side of myself keeps me fucking alive in that situation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So as you can imagine, the fishermen reacted probably as I would have too. They panicked and yanked up their fishing gear, getting ready to make a hasty departure. However, when they shined their light back towards the raft, both the raft and the man swimming in the water had mysteriously disappeared.
0: Maybe they were illegally fishing. (laughs) Maybe he was just trying to, like, give them a heads up. that hey, you need to follow the law. You're not listening to me. (laughs) Boom!
1: (laughs) That spirit's just looking out for the law, you know? He's just on the side of the law.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How dare you fish in
1: my lake without a proper license? Get out of here! So, one uh, theory about the shadow person... And this is something I kind of thought of too is is this a residual energy again is this something that's not necessarily intelligent or interacting with the fishermen but it's more it's just like a, a repeating scene of something that's happened in the past that is now just kind of going over and over and the one of the reasons that this came up is thinking about this is a spot where there was once a river, you know, now it's a lake because we flooded it, but originally this was a river and historically people would sometimes travel rivers with rafts and poles to move them along in these like slow moving areas that are more shallow. And so that was one thought that did come up is perhaps this is more of a residual kind of spirit where it's just doing its thing. Like it was still the river. And I I don't know how to explain the jumping out and into the water part, but the the pole,
0: Listen, listen. That's a good theory. That's a great theory, even. <laughs> but I don't think that's what's happening here. <laughs> Part of me is like, yeah, the pool, But like you said, it would have to be like fifty feet, like down, and that river itself wasn't like super shallow either. Like it was a couple feet itself. I'm like mentally, I'm going. That thing's going to be like when you stack markers as a kid and then you, like, tried to sword fight with those markers. <laughs> and the first hit, that thing would, like, just snap apart. That's the pole, okay? It's just going to be like. <laughs> okay?
1: Yeah, so so maybe we do have a, a, a dude from Greek mythology coming in here just getting ready to collect some souls <laughs> out of He's just over here like, underwater forest, underwater graveyard. This is nice! I can collect lots of souls here at this Lake Lanier place. This
0: Lake Lanier place. Hades had to specifically set him up over here just because there's so much shit happening. He's like, right, forget the river of sticks over here. You need to go over this way, okay? Right? They've got an underwater forest filled with fishing line, okay? You, you see where I'm going with this. <laughs>
1: what better place to collect souls? You get what I'm I'm putting down? <laughs> you get what I'm putting down? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Ugh. Yeah, definitely let us know what you think about that one. <laughs> that one. That was definitely one that creeped me out, but you listeners can, can tell us which one creeps you out the most, <laughs> mm. since we'll be moving on to our, our last paranormal occurrence here before we go into some of, perhaps, what is causing the paranormal. So let's talk about big fish. You like big fish, right? I like big fish. I like eating big fish. Do you like big fish? <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's an interesting question there, <laughs>
0: I think you should drink water. (laughs) Yes, I do like some big fish. How big are we talking? (laughs) And what type of fish? (laughs) It's all dependent on that.
1: (laughs) Well, we're talking about some good eating fish here. We're talking about catfish, and I do, I do like to fish for some catfish. Need some catfish. Yeah, I stole one from Watson one night when we went fishing. I'll never yeah, let it down. He won't let that let that go. He's never gonna let that go. <laughs> He's never gonna let that go. He's gonna hold over my head for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, in any case, we won't be talking about that kind of catfish tonight. That's about your your average catfish that you know, the the normal Joe schmo might pull in. We're, we're going to talk oh. today. <laughs> Are we talking about Big Mona? Are we talking about that big catfish? Like Scooby-Doo big catfish? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're talking about monster catfish today. Oh Some monster my God. cats. So <laughs> this is mainly based on an urban legend. So I'll start with that. And so <laughs> the legend goes that back in the 1980s, there was a truck transporting chickens and these chickens were just in these wooden crates in the back of this truck and they're driving along getting ready to go drop these chickens off I presume in a farm but the chicken truck actually crashes off the Thompson Bridge and goes into the lake. Now reports get back to the search and rescue divers so they go and investigate the wreck a short period later at which point they found catfish the size of 12 year olds Swallowing the chickens whole. No. No, no! 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 Definitely don't want to be swimming in this lake. <laughs> My poor <blood> chickens. <laughs> Described as being the size of a Volkswagen, so I mean, I don't know. We're going between the size of twelve-year-old children and cars here. We got a little bit of wiggle room. I mean, I guess normal fish grow to a range, so this is the range of the monster catfish. <laughs> what, what room do you have? <laughs> what room is
0: this? I'm sorry, twelve-year-old to a Volkswagen. A Volkswagen can hold four children. <laughs> Probably more than four if you squeeze them in <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, we're talking the difference between eating chickens and eating humans here, okay? That's why I don't think you should go swimming in this lake. One general society really doesn't care about, the other one general society is like, the fuck? Okay?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so these these catfish are a little concerning. They've been rumored to be capable of creating waves big enough to capsize boats. They've also been rumored to stalk cats and dogs that water too close to the edge of the water. Again, if you're picking up what I'm dropping. (laughs) Salem, run. Run, Salem. Run, Salem, run for your life. And finally, some fishermen have reported that their fishing boats have been dragged all over Lake Lanier after one of these catfish has taken their bait and ran with it. So there you go. Monster catfish. All right, so it's...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know how to process that like at all like my brain's doing the window shutdown sound
1: <laughs> maybe i was wrong maybe i found something katie can't handle <laughs> <don't>... volkswagen sized catfish
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know how to process that like
1: it's not like
0: it's kind of scary but at the same time it's just like I cannot visually interpret that big of a fish coming at me. Yeah, I have I've I've been snorkeling in the ocean, and I've seen
1: some really, really big fish. Really big fish.
0: This is in a lake. And granted, it's a reasonably sized lake, but... Excuse me while I pull up on my car catfish over here. Like, that's (laughs) like... (laughs)
1: Yeah, I mean we're we're pretty much talking about like I don't even know what kind of shark would be that big a whale shark. Whale sharks might be bigger than that, but I mean we're talking like baby whale size maybe or or like massive monster shark size. I mean we're talking about big fucking fish here. In a lake, like you said, in a lake, not in the ocean. In a place where we don't normally find fish this big <laughs>
0: I, I'm not a fan. I don't like it. Are we talking like Volkswagen Beetle, or are we talking like a minivan?
1: It wasn't really specified, but either way, I don't think I want to meet either of those I catfish. Like, <laughs> I don't want to meet either of them either, but one is a little
0: less worse than the other one. <laughs> Whichever one makes you feel better. I just envision that one. Either of them too. <laughs> That's the thing. I just... I... <laughs> None of them. I want none of them. <laughs> I want neither. If I could go swimming and I can run the risk of getting swallowed whole
1: by a fish, I'd like to avoid it.
0: <laughs> I would like to avoid it entirely.
1: This is why I generally don't go into deep water in the ocean unless I'm on a boat. <laughs> and then I yeah, hope the, the boat doesn't leave sink. you alone. <laughs> Sharks will leave you alone, okay? I mean, we don't have any records yet of one of these catfish eating a person, but we did also discuss how we don't know how many people are actually missing, so... And there's already 27 missing. I blame the catfish. I don't blame the spooks anymore. I blame the catfish. This is why we can't find people. It's not because of the lake. It's because of the catfish eating the people.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh gosh.
1: gosh. Yeah, yeah. So now we got all that that paranormal stuff out of the way. Let's talk about what might be causing this stuff. Oh, I don't really have any explanations for monster catfish unless we somehow poured some like radioactive liquid into the lake or something that made mutant catfish. I don't know how to explain the catfish. But we're gonna talk about how to explain the spirits maybe.
0: (laughs) We've done worse things as humans, so that could be a very real possibility.
1: True. True. Or maybe it's a a different species of catfish and we'll we'll name it after like (laughs) linear I don't
0: know. (laughs) Linear catfish, my (laughs) God.
1: Somebody get on this. We want to learn about the linear catfish.
0: Somebody catch one. If you can catch a linear catfish, I would be absolutely astounded. Like, there are people that have caught sharks. Somebody catch the linear catfish. <laughs>
1: Just bring it out of the water. Feed a village with that, okay? That's right. <laughs> get, get photos. Get photos with something to show the scale in them. We want to see the catfish mm-hmm. next to a human being or... Or a building or something. We need. Photos. Or a minivan. Or a minivan. Or yeah. Volkswagen. There you go. Yeah, put the catfish next to a Volkswagen. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. There we you go. I want to know if it's as big as a Volkswagen bug or a Volkswagen van.
0: Let's get yeah. some clarification here. Get both of them. Make sure that you have one friend that has each vehicle. <laughs> These are the requirements. No. <laughs> to measure your linear catfish. Oh.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's get discuss of what's causing these spirits before <laughs> I start imagining some really big fish fry.
0: <laughs> oh, God, that does sound really good.
1: <laughs> Watson, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, if you've listened to our episodes before, you know, normally when I'm discussing origins of spirits, a lot of time that has to do with history of what's happened on the land. So let's go way back. So historically, before settlers came, this land belonged to the Cherokees and the Creeks. In 1829, however, gold was discovered in the area, and by 1832, state leaders had divided the land amongst settlers, at which point the Native Americans were given no rights to their land. Which, unfortunately, this is the same story as many other places in the United States. Now, by 1938, the Native Americans were forcibly removed from Georgia and relocated to a reservation in Oklahoma, making this one of the most southeastern locations on the Trail of Tears. I will say, though, while the Cherokees still lived on the land before they were pushed out, they did speak against dams due to a belief that altering the natural flow of the river would essentially kill the river water was considered to be central to life and had spiritual significance in Cherokee culture. Essentially they held water as being sacred. And so by building the dam, it was argued, or I should say one can make the argument that building the dam could be considered a desecration of Cherokee land. So some people have argued that this could have impacted the energy of the land or even put some sort of curse on the land. Uh, But, Regardless if this has anything to do with the paranormal or not, I did want to bring this up that this land did belong to the Cherokees and the Creeks, and this was one of the locations where they were forced out on the Trail of Tears. Going a a little bit more along that line, we often hear when discussing Origins of Spirits a lot of people will talk about Native American burial grounds, which normally... I consider it as one of those things that you could probably throw that in as a cause just about anywhere because we don't really have good records of where Native American burial grounds uh, were and are. And so really, there's no way of knowing usually if there's some sort of Native American burial ground on a site because we just don't know where they are because these people were pushed off their land and we just we don't have records of where, these, where a lot of these cultural sites or these burial grounds were located for that reason. Now, on this site, however, we do have what appears to be hard evidence of a Native American Barrel Ground in Lake Linear, wh- because during a drought in 2007, the Summerer Mound was exposed when the water receded, and this is believed to be a site that was considered sacred by the Creeks and Cherokees. Now. Like I said, there may be other burial grounds as well. This may not be the only one. And it has been argued that at the time when this reservoir was constructed, they didn't really have the technology to locate all the buried remains, regardless if that was Native American or otherwise. And so likely there's probably more burial sites in the area that were flooded and just were not, the location just wasn't known. But yeah, in any case, there's definitely at least one Native American burial ground that has been discovered underneath the waters of Lake Lanier, and there's possibly more. And along those lines, Toke Thompson, a professor of anthropology at USC, did state that many Native American cultures have beliefs that if you desecrate areas where the dead Rest, or you disturb the dead that this will bring about some sort of negative spiritual energy. Mm -hmm. So this is another potential source of paranormal activity that a lot of people have brought up is this is one of those cases where we know for a fact there's at least one Native American burial ground here. And I mean, the natives had already been arguing that they didn't want this dam built here. They didn't want this reservoir here. It was going to disturbed the land itself for one let alone their cultural sites and their burial grounds and then on top of that they were pushed out of the area into an entirely different state and, and faced unimaginable violence in the process and trauma so yeah, you
0: absolutely got to take ugh. into consideration cultural practices too
1: definitely yeah so i think there's a lot going on here in regards to the native americans that once lived here and owned this land and how that could be one of the potential causes of some of this paranormal activity that we see happening at Lake Lanier. And like Katie covered in the last episode, we also have a strong history of racially motivated violence occurring in the land where the lake now sits, especially in Oscarville. Again, if you haven't listened to the episode, definitely go back and check it out. Uh, But not only in Oscarville, also in nearby towns as well, we can suspect there is likely a lot of racially motivated violence going on. So again, you have... Uh, potential deaths and even if even if they weren't always deaths you have a lot of trauma happening a lot of violence happening and you can imagine how that can affect the energy in this area of land here that we now have likely near on today as we've already stated multiple times we have at least an estimated 27 missing bodies that have never been recovered from the lake so that may be another source of any sort of paranormal activity or spirits And then uh, here's where we'll go a little bit more into those cemeteries. So again, we have multiple cemeteries that were likely left in place. Now, there are records indicating at least some of the grave sites and some of these cemeteries um, did have bodies uninterred and buried in nearby graveyards. And so we do have records indicating that some of these sites were relocated. However... If the Corps couldn't get permission from families to relocate, like, family burial grounds, uh, there was no way they could go in and relocate those people. Because just, honestly, some families did not want their loved ones moved from what they consider to be their final resting place. So it is pretty well known that there's at least some family burial grounds where the Corps just couldn't even get permission to move them so those are definitely still there and then on top of that we have spotty records on many of the known graveyards so it's very very possible that some of these grave sites didn't even get completely relocated to the graveyards that were not flooded and uh like i said as well (laughs) Potential some grave sites were just old and they didn't even know they were there. I mean, if we're going back to when settlers arrived on the land or or Native American burial grounds, we have some grave sites too that just probably they didn't even know they were there. <sighs> yeah. I fucking knew it. I fucking
0: knew it. Ooh yeah. Ooh, yeah.
1: Poltergeist Lake. No. no, 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 no. Not to be confused with Poltergeist Pond when we talk about Poltergeist oh, Pond. God. <laughs> we never went to like Lanierdo before. <laughs> oh god. But oh, yeah, I mean no. like I said, at the top of the twenty known cemeteries, there was known to be at least one thousand bodies. Those are just the known cemeteries. and like I said, there's been the Native American burial ground since located in the lake since then and there's likely graveyards they didn't even know about. And who knows of those 1,000 bodies that were known, how many of those actually were relocated since a lot of the records are not very good. So yeah, we don't really know how many bodies are still under the lake. God. <laughs> Katie so just looks like she's dying on the inside right now. I don't know how else to describe it. That's
0: the perfect description. I'm internally screaming. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You moved the bodies.
1: Yeah. The fuck you did. <laughs> I mean, they did move some. The records said they did move some, but yeah. It's questionable how many were moved. Okay. What's happening next to this hell lake? (laughs) (sighs) Last but not least, I do want to mention uh, one last potential cause for any sort of paranormal energy that is going on at Lake Lanier is keep in mind all the homes, businesses, churches whole communities that had to be either relocated abandoned or burned to the ground in the case of the the buildings and and many of these homes and the land they were sitting on belonged to multiple generations so you can think of just the energy that may have gathered from just these, these all these people living their lives here and having this tight-knit community and then like I said the violence that ensued in the case of the Native Americans and then in the case of the black communities that formed here how we have this repeated violence occurring on this land and so that was one last thing I did want to mention is I think it's also important to consider what kind of energy that may have left on the land so I think there's really a lot going on here when we're, we're thinking about uh, Native American burial grounds, uh, non Native American graveyards that are likely still there, uh, all the violence that has happened on this land, and then even since then, if we look to mo- more modern times, like since the 1990s, I mean, all the people that have lost their lives in the lake, of which some of those, as we've discussed multiple times now, have never been found. So I, I definitely think there's a lot going on at Lake Lanier that could potentially explain paranormal activity why it's such a hot spot for paranormal activity uh between people feeling like they're being dragged into the water and other people seeing spirits uh there's definitely a lot going on here We'll go ahead and, and cover some of the other potential explanations. As always, I want to look at what else could be going on here that maybe is not paranormal in origin, just to give you both sides of the story and then listeners you can decide for yourself what you think's going on. So to start off one of the most common excuses well, I shouldn't say excuses, one of the most common explanations that I came across when trying to when just researching this and what might be causing all these different accident accidents that are unusual with the drownings and all the, the boats and the cars crashing in the lake. Uh, one thing that came up multiple times is a lot of people like to call this one of those party hard kind of lakes. One of the lakes where people like to go party and often will be drinking and driving or using alcohol and or drugs before swimming. And also just generally speaking, regardless, or regardless, I should say, if people are using alcohol or drugs, Often people also ignore no swimming signs and will go swimming wherever they feel like it. So that has been one thing that has come up as far as an explanation for drownings or even especially for like a lot of the car accidents and the boating accidents is don't drink and drive. And I also probably would not suggest drinking heavily and going swimming either. Not a good idea.
0: No, never a good idea.
1: Uh, Besides that, uh, another thing that's come up as a potential explanation for all these accidents that we see happening at Lake Lanier is officials often will say that they are associating the high number of visits uh, would therefore also have a high number of deaths. This whole idea of you have a a lot of people coming, you're just going to have a greater ratio of risk, you know, as opposed to if not very many people visit a lake, you're probably not going to have a lot of incidents just because there's not a lot of people there. That kind of idea. However, lakes of similar size and popular However, lakes of similar size and popularity do not have half as many fatalities so it's significantly lower number of fatalities at Lake that have been compared as being similar in size and similar in number of visitors. One specific example would be Lake Alatoona which is located about 40 miles to the west of Lake Lanier. That lake has only about one third of the deaths that Lake Lanier experiences even though it has about the same number of visitors every single year. And the Georgia Department of Natural Resources has even come out and stated that Lake Lanier has three times as many fatalities and accidents as the next most popular lake in Georgia. So while this is a common explanation for why we see a lot more drownings and, and motor vehicle related accidents on Lake Lanier, the statistics and the numbers aren't really backing that up. Now, another thing that we've kind of discussed on and off already through this episode is drought. (laughs) I mean, a lot of places nowadays are experiencing droughts. Uh, Many have been experiencing droughts for a number of years, actually. And uh, like both Katie and I said, that can significantly drop the water level in a lake, especially if it's an ongoing drought that's been going on for a long time. And unfortunately, in the case of this man-made reservoir that is not a natural lake, We have dangerous debris that previously was not thought to be a threat because at the time when this reservoir was created, it was very deep underwater. And again, like I mentioned right at the top, that when this reservoir was planned, it was not intended to be used for recreation. That was not one of the original goals of this reservoir. So they left things like concrete buildings, old cars, ferry boats even chunks of old bridges so think concrete chunks and rebar sticking out things like that are under the water Uh, and not just like on the bottom i mean a lot of these are things that are standing structures they have some significant height to them i mean even the trees have some significant height to them these are things that were Not expected to be hazards, but the water level has dropped so much now, these can be significant hazards and and dangers to swimmers and boaters recreating on the lake. So that is something to keep in mind if after listening to this podcast, if you still want to go visit Lake Lanier, please, please, please be careful. There is a lot of dangerous debris under the water, and even if it's not like above the water where you can see it, it's possible that it's right underneath the surface close enough that you could strike it with a boat or potentially get tangled in it and get caught up swimming. So this is a very dangerous factor when it comes to the water level dropping in this lake.
0: Yeah, and even to go further on that, like the most reports that I read about Lake Lanier was that that water is pitch black. No matter if you were sitting on the surface or whatnot, that water is pitch black. So... You don't Ooh, know what's yeah. below you. Be mindful and, like, travel fucking safely. You should not have somebody that is drinking behind the wheel. Mm-mm. Treat treat your boats with the same respect that you would treat a car.
1: Definitely, for sure.
0: And be mindful of others around you, too. Because, like, if somebody starts panicking and, like, struggling in the water, like, your fun and games can fucking wait over a human life. Go help them.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and... Pay attention, I mean, I won't go into a lot of the details, but multiple incidents that I read about of um, more, when I say more recent, I mean late 2000s, drownings that occurred in this Like a lot of them were literally just people in a group, you know, having fun out on the boat, jumping off the boat, and then they noticed, you know, two of the three would resurface, but the third person never came back to the surface, and in one of those incidents, they, they searched for their friend, they couldn't even find their friend's body, it was i think two days later that search and rescue managed to recover them so i mean these things can happen fast i know it's really scary sounding but it's true be really careful uh you know things can go wrong really suddenly so make sure like katie said you're aware of what's going on around you including keeping track of your friends pay attention to what's going on with them you know are they starting to have heat heat related illness like sun uh, or heat exhaustion from the sun are they drinking too much you know these are things to think about of whether people should be swimming or not but also you know even if somebody's completely sober well hydrated feeling great you can still get into a bad situation if you're just in a bad spot on the lake and you have some of these hazards right beneath the surface so just be really careful Mm -hmm. and one other thing to think about when we're discussing how this man-made lake could be dangerous Phil Torres, the field biologist from Expedition X that I referenced a couple times earlier, he specifically brought up the fact that man-made lakes, because these are areas that we flooded that did not naturally become a lake, they tend to have very uneven topography at the bottom of the lake, and this can lead to strange water currents. And so, in other words... <clears throat> and so, in other words... Excuse me... Uh, these water currents can move in very different ways than what you would expect to see in a natural lake, and that can be dangerous to people because it can end up, basically, it can end up either pulling swimmers or, or boats into weird directions that you weren't expecting to go, potentially into areas where there's some of that dangerous debris that we were discussing. So it's just something to be aware of that this is a hazard that, unfortunately, because this area was flooded, it did not naturally occur we do see some things going on here where the the water may be moving in some weird ways and then finally there was one potential cause of drownings in the lake that was proposed on expedition x and this was something i definitely wanted to bring up as it's something that uh being somebody working in the outdoors and sometimes working on boats over the water this is something i've had to be trained in and that's hypothermia So keep in mind, most people think when we're talking hypothermia, it has to be cold outside. It has to be winter. It does not have to be winter to have hypothermia. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hypothermia really is mainly caused by the difference in temperature between even like the air and the water. You know, it doesn't have to be a super cold day outside for somebody to experience hypothermia. So it can even occur in hot weather. If there's a huge difference in temperature between the air and your body, and the water so if we have freezing water but really hot day and uh your (laughs) your skin's really hot your your core body temperature is really hot jumping into really cold water can cause hypothermia even on a hot summer day so one thing specifically to keep in mind with Lake lanier is in the winter it does get to a very cold water temperature here the water actually will drop into the low 40s uh in fahrenheit in the winter and this is actually when that triathlon athlete that I had mentioned earlier had been training. That would have been in November when the water was likely in the forties. Fucking burr! Oh yeah, I would not be in that water. Nah, <laughs> nope. You cannot pay me enough. Uh, I I mean, see, I don't even know if I do the. I can't remember what they call it—the polar jump or whatever. I don't even know if I'd do that, where you're you're just jumping in and get back out. Uh, you yeah. know what? Yeah. I can say that I,
0: I have done stuff like that before. Not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. There's normally not trees at the bottom of my lake, though. And there's normally not buildings at the bottom of my lake, though, yeah. as far as I know. Yeah.
1: Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, when we're considering hypothermia, it's important to keep in mind that cold water actually lowers the body temperature 25 times as fast as cold air does so like i said we're not so much thinking about how cold is the air when we're talking about hypothermia we're talking about how cold is the water and especially what is the difference in temperature between the water and your body temperature that's where you can really have some issues and hypothermia can actually start setting in on someone within five minutes of exposure to extreme cold and what this will eventually lead to is incoordination, extreme confusion, and hallucinations. And eventually, if somebody doesn't get care or get out of that, that environment and are able to warm back up, it will eventually lead to death as well. Now... This is one thing that could explain some of these drownings, even by experienced swimmers, especially if we're thinking like that time period when the triathlon athlete was swimming, when we're we're thinking winter, when the water is in the low forties, it doesn't matter how experienced you are. If hypothermia starts setting in at that point, it's a survival situation. It doesn't matter how good you're swimming. Your body's basically going to start shutting down because you're so cold. And so this was one argument that was proposed on the show of a possible cause of what happened to that triathlon athlete was that perhaps she started experiencing hypothermia, she blacked out, uh, that would explain maybe she hallucinated the screaming and the woman in blue. Uh, and then the drowning could have happened because, when hypo, like I said, when hypothermia sets in, you start becoming uncoordinated. You're not able to control your bodily movements very well. So this was a potential explanation that was proposed for not only the triathlon athlete, but also some of these other drownings that are believed to be unexplainable since it's experienced uh, swimmers that are drowning. So I did want to throw that out there. I don't think this is the... Uh, explanation for all of the drownings by any means. I don't even know if this can explain what happened to that triathlon athlete. She herself stated, you know, I've trained in conditions worth this. I don't think it was hypothermia that was the issue. And like I've said before on the the podcast, uh, you know, when somebody has an experience that is your experience, you own that and nobody can take that away from you. So I'm definitely not trying to disprove anything here by any means. Um, But I did want to bring up Hypothermia is another potential explanation of what could be going on in some of these cases. All right. Now, if that wasn't enough for you, if you need more of, like, Lanier in your life, (laughs) 2022, this year, filming starts for a new horror movie titled Lanier inspired by the paranormal activity that has been occurring at Lake Lanier and its dark history in relation to the violence and displacement of black people and those who have died in the lake since then. So if any listeners are a fan of horror movies like I am, definitely keep your eyes open. I don't know when the movie's actually going to come out considering the filming starting this year, Um, but that's something to look forward to if you're into horror movies. And in the meantime, (laughs) I will not be going into Lake Lanier anytime soon. Definitely not. (laughs) But let us know what you think about the paranormal activity going on at Lanier, what you think might be causing it. If you have any stories of your own of visits to Lake Lanier and just what you think. Speaking of which, what do you think, Katie? (laughs) Well, when you were
0: like, if you want more of Lake Lanier, I was like, oh my God, there's fucking more.
1: there's always more, like, Lanier.
0: <laughs> it's true, though. It's true. I think I even mentioned it in mine at the very end that, like, we might very well see Lanier make some return trips onto this podcast, not so much as the starring guest, but as the backdrop for some very sinister things, considering when I started looking at, like, Lanier and I was doing the true crime backing for it, I definitely found a lot to do with Oscar Bill and the displacement of african-americans and other people of color down below the waters itself and then when you get into more of this time period from like the early 90s to now there's missing persons that tie into this lake there are individuals who have been murdered and dumped into the lake so, I, I don't think this is going to be the last that we see of Lake Lanier, but I will say I will not be going near this lake anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I definitely will not be either. <laughs> That's definitely a big no. Big no for me. Ugh, yeah, this is. Yeah, there's a lot going on with this lake for sure. What, and I believe I said this in the last episode, this was originally a Katie suggested topic. And when she first suggested it, I was not expecting there to be this many dead people involved in this. Life. Yeah, <laughs> this no, <is> a lot. <laughs> I
0: remember and I'll give a huge shout out to Morbid too because that was the first podcast I ever heard Lake Linear on and it really piqued my interest. And I was like, OK, well, let's go see what else is here. And like that night after I heard that episode, I just started digging and digging and I started rabbit holing. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you know, if I ever start a podcast and I ever get that going, I'm going to... I'm going to do Lake Lanier. I'm going to put that up as a topic. And then, lo and behold, I had <laughs> little Ri come along one evening to stay with me while she was traveling cross-country. And she was, <laughs> you know what I would like to do? I would like to start a podcast. And I'm like, I would also like to start a podcast.
1: <laughs> and those exact voices, that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no cap, exact... Exact replica. Actually, it was recorded, too, so you were just hearing that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah.
0: Come Lake Linear is one of those topics that I was like, you know, Ooh. I don't know how many people know about this. Obviously, my aunt does, because as soon as I mentioned <laughs> it, all I got was an O, a dot, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> conversation ended immediately. <laughs> I was like, she, she really did, like, a nope and, like, backed out from that. I'm like,
1: okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and actually one of the reasons that I decided to pick this one recently was not that long ago, I was having a discussion with somebody at work and they brought up, like, Lanier. <laughs> I, I was just like, is this a sign? Is this a sign that it's time to talk about, like, Lanier? And so, it definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that me and Marbid just morning. did a five part coverage of Jack the Ripper, so we couldn't do
1: that. <laughs> I can't follow that. That, too. That, too. <laughs> yes, we were planning on doing Jack the Ripper, spoiler alert. And uh, yeah, that we were like, oh, Marbid's doing a, a very great coverage of that right now. Let's not do that at the exact same time. <laughs> so, we had to kind of switch it around a little bit. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you guys do not listen to Morbid, they're a podcast I highly recommend. They're right up there with Crime Junkie, and uh, and that's why we drink. For sure. I'm still putting it out to the universe that somehow in some way we'll be able to become friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely go check them out, listeners. They're for sure an awesome podcast to check out. But yeah, I know this has been a bit of a long one. We talked about a lot today, but thank you for sticking with us and definitely be sure to come back next week and and pass this on to your friends, hopefully. We're we're always looking for more listeners. But yeah, let us know. Have any of you ever been to Lake Lanier? Have you had any experiences at Lake Lanier? (laughs) What do you think, listeners? Give us a shout out. Thank you again for listening to Haunting Cases Podcast. Please make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunting Cases Podcast and on Twitter at Haunting Cases.
0: If you have a listener tale, story request, or any questions, email us at HauntingCasesPodcast at
1: gmail.com. Be sure to rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from.
0: So, what do you say, listeners? Are you haunted, haunted too?